Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, Today's episode is a special one. So ever since day one of starting the show, uh, my whole intention has always been to add value to, to other people's lives, whether it's about fitness content, mindset, business, whatever it is, the the goal is always to add value and impact as many people as I possibly can. And when the opportunity came up for this conversation today, which I think you're going to absolutely love and hopefully get around, um, I was just absolutely pumped um, to to have our guest on today to talk about something super special, but extremely important. Um, with Mother's Day coming up, um, obviously for you know people like myself and, and a lot of people listening, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to to have um, a beautiful mum, and for some people, that's that's not the case. And there's a lot of people who uh, who, who um, unfortunately have either either never had a, a mum present in their life, or um, unfortunately they've lost their mum, and that's that's something that's um, obviously going to be extremely hard to to deal with. Um, and and your mum is plays such a big role in your life. And our guest today, Lucinda Thomas. Um, is someone who I've known for uh, a, f- a very long time now um, and she's a very special person and she's involved in, um, in a really special foundation which we'll talk about in this episode as well um, but hopefully this episode really does have a big impact on the audience and more importantly uh, working towards helping those that aren't fortunate enough to still have their mum around um, and so with that I'd like to, to introduce our guest Lucinda Thomas. Lucinda welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Just some Horsham homegrown towels on the mic. How I know. That? How good is that? <laughs> Full circle. Love it. Before we um, we get stuck in into um, this conversation today, I guess, I would love for you to, to start off um, this chat to tell us a little bit about yourself and, and kind of what you're doing now. Um, and I guess more importantly, tell us about uh, your, your beautiful mum yeah. as well before we kind of move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in Melbourne now for, I think, nearly six years um, working in HR. But as I've just mentioned, I'm from Horsham, where Danny is from as well. And small country town and grew up with both mum, dad, a perfect life, I guess you could say, up until I was 18 um, when mum was diagnosed with bladder cancer. When she was diagnosed, they essentially said it was terminal. They weren't going to be able to operate. Um, So our world just absolutely got turned upside down but um, prior to that as I said lived an amazing life Um, mum is my number one person still is and yeah she was incredible she was a nurse um, always giving back she was involved in all the school committees she would be making like the Mother's Day gifts Father's Day gifts until two in the morning just so people can give back to their families and yeah just involved in all my friends lives all my family's lives um in a positive way and yeah she was just incredibly inspiring and it was yeah really awful that this had to happen to her I mean it shouldn't happen to anyone but she was absolutely one of the good ones Coral her name is Coral yeah Yeah, amazing and so and I mean only if you're comfortable with kind of talking about it talk us through I guess that that period of time and um, obviously the, the time that you find out um about this you know obviously horrible news um how how did I guess you and your family, along with your mum as well, how did how was the response and and I guess what were some of the things that went through your head? Obviously, not talking about you know the thinking about worst case scenarios and whatnot, but like 
how did that time with your mum change and like the appreciation of all the all the times that you'd had with her up until that point like are you able to kind of give us a bit of a um bit of an idea of like what that that time was like again if it's if it's something that you're not not comfortable talking about then feel free to just pass we can keep moving forward no I'm definitely happy to share and I feel like this is part of my story and part of my journey and I am proud to talk about it because I've come out the other side Mm. (laughs) um, as well as my family so uh, it was five days before year 12 exams started when um, mum was in Ballarat for a funeral and she actually went to hospital my sister who's 15 years old and lived in Ballarat took her to hospital she had a swollen leg when I say swollen it was it was huge it was like four times the size of her other leg and anyway my sister called me she's like oh mum's in hospital like nothing to worry about but if you want to come up to Ballarat like you can so I was like yeah sure why not and I went up there and I remember walking into the hospital room and my sister kind of v-line passed me and she's like oh mum's just in there and I was like okay that was a little bit of a weird interaction and I went in and looked at mum and she just looked as calm and beautiful as ever. And she's like, oh, sit down. And so I sat there and she was like, okay, so they did some scans and I've got a, a blood clot in my leg, but it's caused from a large mass pushing on my bladder. And I was like, oh, yep, like mass, bladder, yep, we can, it can be cured, like we can do something about that. And she looks at me and she's like, we think it's cancer. And I was like, wow, cancer. And we've had cancer in the family and those people um, were a bit older, so they didn't survive, but for various reasons. But I'm like, mommy's so young. She's 51. She looks great. She's a nurse. She's fit. She eats well. Yeah, if it's cancer, we'll beat it. That's Mm. that's fine. Anyway, so um, went through a series of tests and, yeah, ultimately found out how bad it was. But even then, it never resonated that she would die. Like, you don't think that your parents die, let alone at a young age and I'm only 18. Yeah, they're your superheroes. Yeah, they don't they don't leave you. So, basically, that was all happening, but at the same time, couldn't really comprehend it and I was still young and I was meant to be doing my year 12 exams in a couple of days and the school was very supportive and our family was very rattled. But, again, we'd ha- had dealt with cancer before, so some people knew what to do, but I was like, I don't know what to do. So, I was trying to live the motions and get through the day-to-day until they put together like a treatment plan Mm. and mum was just as strong as ever like you would never like she would never she barely ever broke down in front of us she was super strong in that sense Um, but it also on the flip side it makes me a little sad that she wasn't vulnerable in front of us because I just shows how much she was carrying of that pain yeah um so yeah they put together a treatment plan and so for the next year so mum pretty much to the day she was diagnosed a a year after she passed and that whole year was essentially just treatment so she had um six months of chemo and then intense radiation after that the first two months of chemo she um it like had shrunk it so I'm like up and about I'm like this is amazing like she's going to be cured all of these wonderful Mm -hmm. things then the next two months um the cancer just stayed the same and then two months following it um had grown and this is wild to think that it was growing when she was having such intense treatment which was making her so sick yeah insane yeah and her quality of life in that time as well wasn't great so it wasn't like you know when people know they're going to pass and they're like I've got this amazing bucket list I'm going to go skiing and I'm going to go overseas and live all this um, wonderful experiences she didn't get that opportunity because she mm. was so sick from the treatment and given where the tumor was pressing it was on her spine as well so like she wasn't as mobile okay, right. and yeah so it was a bit hard that year because I was 
I had attempted to go to uni. So I think I was there for maybe one or two months and my sister literally came and pulled me out of my, I was on res at the time and she was like, you've got to get out of here. Like mm. I hadn't gone to any classes right. and I was doing the partying side, but I was not, I was not doing the, just um, to kind of cope or to take your mind off yeah. things. Yeah. And I like, and so I went to uni in Ballarat and that's where all mum's treatment was. So it was convenient to be at uni and be able to see her see at the her. same time. But obviously uni is expensive if you're not going. So um, <laughs> I moved back to Horsham in that time and I was commuting up and down and mum would come home whenever she was well enough in that year. But it was lucky that um, all my family's from Ballarat. So they were amazing support for her. And mum essentially lived with my auntie at that time and my sister was there. So she did have a lot of support, which I'm so grateful for at this time because I was so young. I wasn't the kind to step up and take over I was like still growing yeah. and learning and wanting to still be a maturing, teenager yeah, yeah. and yeah back I wouldn't say I've got any regrets there's definitely some things that I'm like I should have done that differently but again I was so young and I look back at past me and I'm like you just were surviving it like just yeah. trying to get through that that time and yeah it was it and it was hard because the person I wanted to confide in was with was mum and I knew that it would upset her or make it – I didn't want to make things worse yeah. than what they already were. Mm. Throughout that that period in particular, um, were, were there moments – like were you able to enjoy moments with your mum and like obviously knowing that she was going through something so tough and, and for you as well and for all your family like mentally um, and emotionally having to go through such a tough time. Like we, is there, is there moments like in in that kind of twelve month period in particular where you kind of kind of still savor to this day and 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 they were happy positive moments? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we appreciated the time we got together. So like mum's friends from all over Australia would fly and would have nice dinners or just being in each other's company. We didn't actually have to be going and doing something extravagant, but just being together I think meant the world to mum and I've still got these photos now and my god I wish we took way more photos and Instagram and Facebook and things like that weren't really um, massive back then so I don't have many videos or I've just got these this selection of photos because we had a professional photo shoot with our family on mum's birthday so it wasn't long after she got diagnosed so she still looked really well yeah. And yeah, all of mum's close friends and our family travelled and we have these amazing photos and I just remember it being a really funny day as well and death is weird and when bad things in, are happening, sometimes you default to humour, which I can tend to do, yeah. <laughs> which isn't great. But I mean, if you if you don't laugh, you cry. So um, the, I just remember that day being really funny and I was like, but for the right reasons, we'll just in each other's company and able to enjoy mm. one another. And I think that was probably what most of that year was, is just spending quality quality time with someone like yourself who um in your own career and stuff now are doing so well um achieving such um incredible things and and just as a person like i've always really enjoyed spending time with you like you're always fun to be around um always super positive and uh and it's always an enjoyable time when i'm around you what are i guess are some of the things that um that you learned from your mum in terms of like qualities as a as a person or how to treat others or whatever <clears throat> whatever it may be that that you really took away from her and I guess admired and then try and kind of mirror in yourself now yeah I love that question because I get to reflect and I love any chance that I get to think about how amazing she was but uh, I think I think she was just strong like she in her life she didn't have like the best life I wouldn't say and my parents separated a couple of years before mum actually passed and I felt like that was going to be her new lease on life. And yeah, she's just had a journey, her own journey, which 
I feel like she didn't get to live it to her full potential, which now, like when I was becoming 18 and moving out and stuff, I felt like that was going to be our opportunity. But even in the face of all the shitty things that she went through, she was still always showed up, always positive um, and always put it, putting others, others first. Sometimes it was to the detriment of herself though, like yeah. um, which we always talk <clears throat> about because she always just wanted to make sure that everyone else was happy and living their best lives. And I think that's kind of what I want to do for other people as well. I yeah. want it like if people to, yeah, just live and embrace and, if people are doing something cool, like support them and yeah, love them. And I think she was really good at like hosting dinner parties as well. So I definitely <laughs> think I picked that up from her, yeah. the hostess with the mostess. But <laughs> yeah, she just had this way of always constantly giving back and putting others first. And yeah, she was really loving as well. <laughs> Sounds like an amazing woman. Through Throughout that period and, and after she passed away, um, what was, I guess for you, um, and, and again, uh, I feel almost, or well, I do, I feel bad for asking these things, but I think the audience and, and you know, the purpose of, of this conversation is to to help impact and people that, that are tuning in. So for you, I guess, what was the, the hardest thing or some of the hardest things after she had passed away um, for you to deal with and and then I guess how what were some of the coping mechanisms or or and we'll obviously talk about the the motherless daughters um, foundation and stuff soon. But yeah, what were some of the things that you turned to or people you turned to 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 get through that period and come out uh, I guess a better person and and get get your life back on track and and keep kind of moving forward. Yeah, that's interesting because it wasn't always like this. I think so. Mum had passed away to give context. I'm 29, so it was 10 years ago last year that Mum had passed away, and I can guarantee that first five years I was absolutely surviving. I don't know if I, I definitely wasn't the best version of myself. I was literally just trying to get by and figure it out because when your mum passes away, you absolutely lose your identity, especially at a young age where I was like, mm. I don't even know like what I want to be yet, and you're not here to help me with these questions. I don't even know how to do the washing. Um, so it was really as a hard. female too. Like yeah. uh, obviously as a male, it'd be just as hard, but I, yeah. I feel as though her being – almost like just like a friend yeah like, a, like one of your best friends if not your best friend yeah um that'd be super difficult yeah yeah that mother-daughter bond is something unique and it's something really really special and I think um that first five years my friends absolutely amazing always there they're still here to this day like I could be yeah having a really bad day and that like everyone steps up which is amazing I've got the best friendship like network around me and that first five years that's probably what got me through because yeah as I said I barely knew how to do like the basic basic functioning things let alone like when do I do my tax and all these like <laughs> so many life questions that yeah I've got a dad and he's great at some things but yeah it's it's still not your mum and mm. yeah just little life things that I'd love to just ask her and it didn't get that opportunity and I think in the first five years I was very much angry and upset I was very severely depressed which is expected um but yeah I think those first five years were the toughest and I was still growing as a person, still maturing, um, definitely was trying to live the typical teenage to early adulthood life 
but I was looking around me and everyone had like the love of their mum and it was really difficult to see and tried not to be really bitter about it. And I've, I feel like the, the last five years I turned it around when I finally finished uni and I had a greater sense of purpose and moved to Melbourne, got this independence and started to build like the life that I think mum would be really proud of. Mm. I don't think she necessarily would have been proud of the first five years of how I was trying to cope, but I think, yeah. I, and like everyone's grieving is totally different and you still grieve forever but it's the way that you manage it and yeah over the past 10 years I've definitely tried so many different methods of what's going to work and what's not and yeah finally figured out what the perfect recipe is but yeah it wasn't easy to get to this point Uh, in the early days though it was just kind of testing and trialing whatever that made myself feel good at the time yeah are you are you religious no no not religious uh, you and I have had conversations we before mm-hmm. we even hit record. Um, just now, we, we obviously talked about uh, an author that we both um, enjoy her content, Gabby Bernstein, who I've mentioned on the show a million times before. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have things her. like that uh, in terms of like the self-help or, or personal development type things, a bit, even meditation, I don't know if meditation is something that, that you kind of do or, or have tried before. Have things like that been of any help with you in terms of not only early days, but even now just kind of, part of your daily routine yeah definitely so I think um in that first period it was more just like antidepressants to try and and I didn't really think oh if you actually go to the gym and eat well that could also help you I was at uni so I was living the uni lifestyle (laughs) but the past yeah five years and believing so much more in a higher power and what you put out that is what you get back and expressing gratitude I think and that's something that you um you preach is that gratitude and I think the more that I, I was thinking about the good things in my life and the good things that are going on around me is when better things started happening to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really appreciate that. And that's absolutely how I'm going to live my life from now on. And I, it was really hard at the start, but now I'm just like, let's turn these like adversity into something powerful and stronger because yeah, you, I get to, I deserve to live a, a good life still, even though mum's not here, yeah. I still deserve happiness just as everyone else does. 100% you do and I think one of the, uh, the things that I admire most about you is uh, the fact that you have taken on I guess that responsibility to um, spread this message and, and try and help as many people as you can um, and I guess put your own um, put your own well put your own loss not aside but like use that as as you just mentioned use it as power to mm-hmm. to try and empower other people yeah. for anyone who is listening or watching at the moment and obviously this applies for for males as well and like absolutely anyone who, who has lost a family member whether it's you know their, their mum their dad or uh, sibling or whatever what advice would you pass on to someone and i think or well, obviously everyone deals with um and grieves in different ways and everyone should just be allowed to do their 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 own um I guess, style of, of grieving, but what would you, what advice would you pass on to someone else who, who is going through the same situation as what you had to go through, mm-hmm. especially in those early stages? Yeah, I have this little quote, feel all the feels. And I think at the start of my journey without mum, I didn't feel like I was allowed to grieve, especially like years later. I didn't feel like I was allowed to have really bad episodes or cry all the time or I just felt like I wasn't able to do those things when actually you absolutely are. And I think at the start... As in like what, you felt guilty about it or... Yeah, like felt like especially the further it had gone on, I thought, oh, people might look at me and be like, oh, your mum died a year ago. Like that's old news. Like 
you should be not yeah kind of over it in a sense so I think if I allowed myself in that period probably to actually feel what I was feeling and talk about it more to people around me probably would have got through it a lot quicker and on the flip side of that I think you feel guilty about being happy as well like enjoying moments in life you feel happy and you're like oh shit they're not here am I meant to feel this because they're not here and yeah so those first that first period of all the emotions you feel guilty whatever way you're doing it but um now obviously 10 years experience I'm like absolutely feel all the feels I still have really bad days but I have the most amazing days as well and I think whatever emotion you're feeling like write it and acknowledge it and yeah I think that's so valuable and no one ever really said that to me I just figured that out yeah (laughs) from the perspective of uh, say a friend or someone who is close with someone who who has lost someone, mm-hmm. and this is something that I uh, constantly kind of think about whenever there is someone around me who has who has lost someone close to them. Is there a, is there a, I wouldn't say a rule of thumb, but is there like an approach for people that are trying to support their friends or their family members who have who have gone through something like this or are going through it? Like, is it do you want people reaching out to you all the time, or do you prefer to kind of just have your own own time? Like what in your opinion, what is the best kind of form of communication from friends and family to help someone going through it? Yeah, it's going to definitely differ from person and depend on who's passed as well. And I'm someone that loves being around people and talking all the time. So I think for me, I like it when people reach out and they don't need to say like, I'm sorry or thinking of you. Just be like, do you need anything? Or like, Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about anything? Or like, I love when my friends talk to me about memories of my mum like even when I don't have to bring it up and they just say oh like remember when Coral used to do this and I'm like yes I love that and I love you for bringing it up yeah um so I think if that person's comfortable like talking about the person because yeah they're physically not here but they're always going to be around us so Mm. keeping their spirit um and memory absolutely alive so talking about them um talking about those memories saying their name and then if it's like very early days as well, it's just like go cook them dinner or like do like those little things that um, when someone's grieving, those mundane tasks are very hard to do. So mm. I think as much as you can support in that way and just just let them know that you're there and I'm sure that they know that. But yeah, I think the, the little things are the, the big things in these situations. You don't need to do massive grand gestures or anything like yeah. that. It's just support them getting through the day to day and yeah, talk about um, whoever they've lost. Yeah. Now, one of the bigger, one of the biggest reasons why why we wanted to do this, um, like prior to Mother's Day and at this time mm-hmm. of the year, um, is the incredible organisation Motherless Daughters Australia. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about um, them and and yeah. I guess um, what their kind of purpose is and, and what their kind of main objective and goal is. Yeah, for sure. I might give it in context of how I found them because yes, I think sorry. it paints the story really well. But <laughs> as I mentioned, those first couple of years of my grief were horrendous. And then when I'd moved to Melbourne, um, I was, yeah, really settled in my life. And But I, when mum had passed, Google, Instagram, Facebook, like tried to find any resource groups, like any support groups, any just articles, books, anything about how to support a daughter whose mum has passed, especially at a young age, because I feel like that's quite unique as well and there was absolutely nothing and nothing for years and I promise you I was looking probably nearly every day especially during that really hard period and I cannot for the life of me remember what I was hashtagging on Instagram but I remember um it would be late at night I can't sleep I'm obviously overthinking and I might hashtag or um young girl dead mum or motherless daughter or whatever I hashtagged on Instagram and it was 2018 
remember it so clearly and I came across the Instagram um, for Motherless Daughters Australia and okay. I was like, oh, my God, where has this been the past seven or six years Had or whatever? Had they just um, founded the organisation? Yes. Like it only just started? Yeah, so it was um, – they'd started a little bit prior to that but obviously getting an organisation and a non-for-profit like that off the ground takes a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they hadn't – it was probably in their early phase. And – I came across the Instagram and I was like, oh, my God, why have I not seen this before? And I was like, mind blown at 2 a.m. So you can imagine I'm not going – I knew I'm not going to bed tonight. And then I find the Facebook page and then I find the uh, web page and then I find the founder and I stalk her on LinkedIn and I'm messaging her at 2 in the morning and I'm like, this is what I've needed for me, like my grief and to just talk to someone that can resonate with this. So I reached out on LinkedIn and she would have been like, why is this crazy lazy messaging me at two in <laughs> the, morning. the morning? And she responded the next day and straight away and was like, yeah, I'd love to have a chat. Like, I'll call you. So I had a phone call with her that same day. Like, talk about responsive. Mm. And she lived, and I was living in Hawthorne at the time. She lived like 10 minutes down the road from me in Hawthorne. Wow. Which was, I was like, stars are aligning. Yeah. And I mean, I, I believe in so many signs. So I like, yeah. definitely pulled that together. And so just wanted to pick her brain and understand more about Motherless Daughters Australia. So her, um, Danielle Snelling and uh, Eloise Hughes are the two founders and they uh, became friends through a support group that they had found online um, several years earlier in 2013. Exact same reason why I'm sure so many of us are Googling stuff late at night, trying Mm. to find someone to talk to and they connected and now they're best friends and they've created this, the only non-for-profit in Australia that supports girls and women whose mums have died, which I'm just like, these two girls are killing it. How like, amazing is that? How yeah. amazing. So in Australia, there is 3.7 million women who have lost their mum and 1.2 million of those um, lost their mum before they were 44, so before the daughter wow. was 44. So yeah. that's 1.2 million people at least that I absolutely know need this resource yeah. and need this um, community. And, yeah, let alone the other three, like the 3.7 million as a whole, it's just it's huge and there's absolutely um, – it's so necessary. The impact of mother loss uh, isn't researched, and but we know that – it's it's a really shit time and we need other people that can resonate and relate and can bounce griefy conversations off and so um daniel and um eloise creating this community has been incredible so it started off something small and now it's just totally blowing up which in all the right ways it's perfect they um run events to bring the community together they have a support group on Facebook, which mm-hmm. it was this time last year, it was 5,000 people. Now it's nearly 11,000 people, awesome. which is amazing. The reach is getting out there and people are hearing more about motherless daughters. So they aim to connect um, women and girls who need us. They need, um, they are creating research around the impact of mother loss as well. Because again, as I mentioned, we don't really know how deep the impact is. And they've also got um, other great initiatives, like they've got a a journal for young girls. So think about girls that are like 10 and under that have lost their mum and don't remember her. They don't remember her voice or what she cooked or anything like that. So they've got these journals where they can put those kind of things in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think through Motherless Daughters Australia, there is something for everyone. That's something you're going to get something out of it for your grief. Um, If not, make some really great friends with some incredible women. 
Amazing. So this time of the year coming up to, to Mother's Day, what are, I guess, some of the initiatives or, or the events that are, that are happening at the moment in terms of, um, so again, spreading more awareness and, and, and trying to raise as much money as possible as well. Yeah. So this is um, Mother Loss Awareness Week. So essentially the week leading up to Mother's Day is dedicated to us just creating awareness, spreading the word, running events, um, getting donations. We have a Draw Her Wings campaign. So it's a hashtag on Instagram and Facebook that we share and essentially just get um, not only women in our community, but our friends and family as well to draw her wings. So in honor of not just our mums, but all of the mums that aren't here with us. So it's an awesome campaign and, and a way for us to spread the word and, yeah, make sure that everyone that needs this community is aware that it e exists. So that's the campaign. And then we have mm. the pre-Mother's Day high teas, which is awesome. I've just got off the back of going to one in Adelaide and one in Melbourne, which the... Yeah. the they looked awesome yeah, just from the photos and stuff. Yeah. The energy in the room is electrifying. I don't know what it is. It's just like women supporting women, getting together, toasting, honouring our mums. Like it isn't all doom and gloom. Like we go in there and we get to talk about the great things as well. And I mean, if we are talking about the bad things, we probably need it because we don't yeah. talk about them enough either. Yeah. So um, the pre-Mother's Day high teas and they're only for women who are in the community and we get to go along. There's normally like a guest speaker, but just sitting on tables and talking to women that connect and understand and have gone through similar experiences to you. And if they haven't or if they're older and gone through other milestones, it's awesome to talk to them about that as well. Like, oh, how was it when you had a baby and you didn't have a mum or get married or whatever? Um yeah, so that that's the initiatives that they have in the lead up. But all year round, they do do a, a lot of great things. But this is our week this week. Mm. And yeah, I'm proud to yeah constantly create awareness for this organization and get, get, get the reach out to those girls and women who need it. 100%. And for anyone that is tuned into this episode, we'll definitely have the links to website, social media and, and whatnot in, in the show notes below. So you can go and check it out and please do show as much support as you can. In, I mean, this is a bit of a random question for you, but, um, and I don't even know, I might be throwing Steve <laughs> under the bus here, but uh, do you do you plan on having kids? Is that Do you want to be a mum one day? Yeah, one day, for sure. Do you think there's anything that you've, like I don't know if you've ever put any thought to this, but are there things that you've taken from your mum that, that now have almost like inspired you to, to be able to do the same for, for your own kids and in terms of like how you can bring them up and, and the qualities you want to kind of ingrain in them? Yeah, if I am half the mum that she was, I'll be stoked to be honest. Yeah, yeah I think she's, she was the pinnacle of all mums and she was like the perfect combination of, yep, serious, get shit done, but she was also cool and fun as well. <laughs> so she was the right balance and I think, yeah, and just hardworking. I think she just had a strong work ethic, which – I think from a young age, I didn't really understand. And now uh, as I've got older and after she's passed, I appreciate her more and more. Isn't it amazing? As oh. soon as you move out, as soon as I moved yeah. out after school, I, I was like, fucking You hell. have to cook your own dinner, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But yeah, the appreciation levels are absolutely through the roof. But I think, yeah, one day if I could be half the mum that she is, I'll be kicking goals. Unreal. Now, again, I don't want to throw you under the bus here, but mm -hmm. do you know is that is there any similar type of foundation for males, like for men who have who have lost their their mum? Do you know of? No, I don't think there is. I know that the organisation does get a lot of questions around okay. that, but 
I don't think one exists. Right. And I think if they did, it would be like a completely different, like yeah, yeah, there's sure. yeah, different feelings and different emotions connected. So um, there is a bunch of the resources which absolutely would resonate with both sides. But again, like the son-mother relationships a little different. So yeah, nothing that I know of, but a lot of for the resources sure. could could be used. Cool. So yeah, so just um, just to clarify that. So for anyone that's listening that is a male um, who has lost their mum, you think there's some resources on the site that would benefit them as well? Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Yep. Awesome. Well, firstly, or just to wrap things up, mm-hmm. I just want to say that um, you should be super proud of yourself and I'm sure <laughs> um, you. your mum would be extremely proud of you as well for the awareness that you're you're spreading and, um, and the person that you are. And for everybody who is who is listening that does want to show their their own support um, and get around such a, an incredible organisation and cause, I will have the link in the show notes um, for you to leave a donation if that's what you want to do. This might be Gabby Bernstein's uh, work here, but it's <laughs> popped in my head. I'm going to donate $500 as soon as oh, we're finished sorry. because I um, – and that feels like absolutely nothing for, for what you and so many other people deserve. But um, – um, yeah, I'm very proud of you, oh, and you. Uh, hopefully everyone who has listened to this has has um, enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. And for those that needed to hear it, hopefully it's helped you in one way or another. And Lucinda, thank you for coming on the show, oh. and all the best for the rest of this week. And um, hopefully we can get you on again. Oh, happily in another year or two yeah. when the, uh, the organisation has grown more and more and more. Yeah, for sure. Thank awesome. you so much for having me, giving me the opportunity to raise awareness for this cause so dear to my heart. But you're a legend, DK. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Guys, we really appreciate it if you could share this episode today. Obviously, um, a little more than our typical um, episodes. This one has a lot of meaning and purpose. So um, if you could take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your Instagram story or anywhere, tell a friend about it, share the link. Um, we'd really appreciate it and we look forward to chatting to you. Well, I do. Loose won't be here, but <laughs> I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.